Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Ben Juan in a turtleneck, just like Michael Keaton in these Tim Burton movies. And with me is... Just Andrew in another goddamn graphic tee of <laughs> shit from the 90s. Sega Saturn represents. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here we are. Yes. I have no and... turtlenecks. I would like a turtleneck. Ooh. Well, I need it's to get time one. of year to get one. I know. For sure. I yeah. could wear it with my cardigan. <laughs> <coughs> Combine the Keaton from the Burton movies with the Flash. I actually should do that. I don't know why I haven't, I don't know why I haven't thought of that yet. <clears throat> so we're proud to be part of Geekscape's holiday live stream for Big Brothers and Big Sisters, which this is going to be a part of. We'll be part of the live stream as well as releasing this as its own episode the Monday after. And since our show's fan base loves 90s Batman so much, specifically Michael Keaton and Tim Burton's Batman, and it's Christmas. The best way to go about it, right after going after the Batman 89 comic adaptation, is to go into the Batman Returns adaptation and compare it to the movie, which is what we're going to do tonight. So, let's do it. <clears throat> so, as we can see here, this Question. is... Go ahead. You uh, had this one as a kid, or you got this one last year as well? I got it from Zach. Oh, that's right. Our you said that. Zach sent me this. This Dude. beautiful... He sent me the one on the right. At the time, I'm listening, and then I, I guess when like when we when we finish recording, it get, it's mm. like it leaves my system. But I, then when I ask you again, I'm reminded that you did tell me that. Sorry, <laughs> I, I am listening. <laughs> I do remember you said that. This is the mm. second time you've told me. So, um, it's all right. Yes, Zach, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. He's, that's awesome. He sent me the one with the cover that's on the right, which is an awesome cover. That one is done by uh, artist Dave Dorman with like an explosion in the background as Batman's running. That's awesome. So <clears throat> Zach sent you this. I'm sorry, maybe maybe this as well. Zach sent you this last year, two years ago when he was co-hosting. Two years ago, he was still hosting at that time. About two years ago. Yeah. If you're new to the channel, Zach is a former co-host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this is this is the comic we're going over. The writer, uh, well, obviously it's based off the screenplay by. Daniel Waters, former guest Daniel Waters, as well as Wesley Strick, uh, <clears throat> who hasn't been on the show yet. We'll see. Um, mm. Writer on this is Dennis O'Neill. Again, uh, penciler is Steve Erwin, who unfortunately actually passed in October. Oh. Uh, Rustin R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, inks are by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Uh, colors by Tim McGraw. I'm oh, sorry, Tom McGraw. McCraw. Tim, Tim McGraw is a <laughs> Tim McGraw. country singer. Before he was a country singer, he does colors in Batman Returns. Wow. Tom McCraw. Uh, <clears throat> I got that wrong. And then letters by John Costanza. So uh, this is not as full of like deleted moments uh, compared to or like Batman 89. Some of the stuff is more just like dialogue here and there. I tried to keep it to the most important stuff for this short episode that we're doing for the stream. So... 
basically just deleted scenes, little moments here and there that maybe just pay, take up like a couple panels when it comes to the comic adaptation. So uh, the first one is in the beginning where there's a little bit of a moment between Chip Shrek and Selena Kyle where uh, Chip kind of sort of tells her that uh, the caffeine doesn't give us give them the buzz in terms of the coffee. It's her obedience, which then leads her to call him the corn dog behind his back, <clears throat> which is interesting because it seems like she's calling him a corn dog rather than herself, like in the movie. So Right. Oh, yeah, they changed that, huh, a little bit. A little bit in this comic version, yeah. yeah. Also in the confrontation with the clown, played by Branscombe Richmond from our episode where we had them reenact the deleted scenes. Uh, we had this dialogue where uh, Selena brings up or complains about the fact that her heels got ruined. <laughs> this is the last pair <laughs> in her size. And the clown compare, basically complains that out of all the innocent bystanders, he had to pick her and tells her to <laughs> shut up. So <laughs> we actually had Branscombe himself reprise his role after 30 years on this show and say this dialogue that was not in the movie. So check at, out that episode. At like 1 a.m. <laughs> Over, when, yeah, at his time in a while, yeah. <laughs> well, it was late for us. Mm. It was late for us. That too. It was. It, it was, was late for it, everybody. It was involved. at least midnight mm. or something. It was, was a uh, marathon session. Yeah. That was a marathon recording. They mm -hmm. th those guys mention it in the in that episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You know, it happens. But it, it kind mm -hmm. of felt like we were, you know, on set of or you know we were working late on set. I was, yeah, it did. You know, like we were working late mm -hmm. on set with these actors, kind of thing. That was kind of yeah, cool, sure. actually. Uh, the comic adaptation also goes into the original order of chronological order that's in the script. So in the movie, Selena gets pushed out the window by Max Shrek the same night that they have the Red Triangle Circus Gang attack. And um, it takes, I guess, a few days before she shows up again and reveals herself to be alive to Max Shrek. In the comic, as well as in the script, um, Penguin meets Max Shrek, already reveals himself to the public, forgives his parents, all that stuff happens, and then Selena goes to Shrek's office, gets pushed out the window, and it's the next day that um, <clears throat> she shows up again when he's meeting uh, Bruce Wayne. So the order's a little different in the original script. I'm not really sure why they changed things around in the final movie. Okay. Uh, so yeah. some things that are different, as mentioned before, uh, Chip Shrek is a witness to Max pushing Selena out the window making him a little bit more malevolent compared to his uh, movie counterpart. <clears throat> and he agrees to help his father sort of cover for him and uh, say that it was, you know, suicide, boyfriend trouble, stress, they say over here. So kind of just shows that uh, Chip is really his father's son. Right, yeah. The parallels with a certain mm -hmm. <laughs> politician. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just, you can kind of see it more and more as an adult, I think. Brynjarski, who plays uh, Chip Shrek, also went on to play uh, Leatherface, I think, in the in the Texas Chainsaw remake. So, Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He played uh, Lobo in a fan film. Oh, that wow. Actor. That's kind of so cool. He's been around. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> so since it's the next morning uh, in the original order where Selena gets pushed out the window, there was an additional scene where Bruce arrives at his meeting when uh, Max and Chip are looking out and they see that Selena's body isn't gone, is, is no longer there. And so they're sort of theorizing on that. And Max lies to Bruce that, like, somebody threw bricks through his window. But, of course, Bruce brings up, because he's in Batman mode, that that's not possible because there's no glass inside the building since somebody throwing a brick in would have caused glass to shatter inwards as opposed to outwards. Right, so right, 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 right. So a little bit of the detective bleeding into this. Mm. 
<clears throat> moving forward, we do still have the same scene where Catwoman saves the woman from the from like the mugger dude. Things are a little different though. Catwoman's entrance, like we told Henry Kinji uh, in that episode, wh who played the actual guy in the movie, she pounces on him first, uh, putting her legs <laughs> around his neck, which Henry seemed very excited about the idea. <laughs> when we brought that up to him. Um, <laughs> And uh, she lands on the mugger. But as we can see here, you know, Henry Kinji, for those that don't remember in the movie, um, <clears throat> you know, he's, he doesn't wear a hat and he's got very long hair. This is a very different looking guy. And it's, it's a theory that's been going around that the guy that they put here is not modeled after Henry Kinji, but is after, actually modeled after actor Christopher Fairbank, who played the mugger in the opening of Batman 89. And that it looks kind of like him here. Yeah, because... He's the one in this movie, uh, or at least in the comic adaptation, where Catwoman says, I am Catwoman. And in 89, he's the one who Batman says, I'm Batman. It's just a, all these <laughs> motherfuckers introducing themselves to me. <laughs> he just didn't listen, learn his lesson the first time. He's going to get, you know, he's going to get harassed by all these people in costumes. Tell, them, tell all your friends. I'm like, I tried. She'll be worse. She'll, she'll actually, well, I guess Batman does kill this universe too, but. Yeah, he does. <laughs> She might be worse in some ways, though. More gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some other deleted moments. Uh, the In sort of a cut scene over at Oswald's headquarters, one of the clowns reports that an ice rink was torched. They left, quote-unquote, offensive graffiti, and there was a pharmacy heist. So he's kind of just giving Penguin the details of different crimes. And it was supposed to be the sort of crime wave that influences Catwoman to go out. In the movie, we don't really see her making the decision to go out as Catwoman the night that she blows up Shrek's department store. But in the comic adaptation, um, <clears throat> she's like looking out as a witness and says, an orgy of sex and violence? Count me in, Miss Kitty. So that kind of <laughs> leads her to do that. Uh, so uh, the next <laughs> the next bit is, is funny. So uh, we didn't really get to see much of uh, a shirtless Michael Keaton in these movies. At most, we saw him shirtless when he was like hanging upside down. Eighty-nine, mm -hmm. because this is like pre-Chris Hemsworth, Hugh Jackman, like you know, actors weren't really jacked for it in uh, in that era, other than you know maybe Christopher Reeve. Uh, but right. we do get shirtless Keaton in the comic adaptation, uh, as we got here. But <laughs> what really cracks me up is in one of the panels, <laughs> he has like a giraffe neck. <laughs> like we see here, they didn't want to draw the <laughs> the shoulders. But that is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty funny though. He's just peeking over. So uh, <laughs> I always thought this this shot was hilarious. That is pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, moving forward, we talked about last time how the Batmobile, like the inside of the Batmobile, has uh, the battering ram that extends, goes erect. Oh yeah, the dick. <laughs> yes, the, the, the dick lipstick, will. the dog lipstick. <laughs> dog lipstick, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we see this even more when the Red Triangle Circus Gang uh, is pulling apart the Batmobile. We we see it fully, fully outside of its uh, its foreskin here uh, yeah. as they're working on it. Uh, it's probably this panel actually that Joe Quinones was drawing off of when he was doing that panel that I showed from the '89 comic where Bruce and Drake Winston were working on it in the Batmobile. We saw it like fully extended like that. So I just love how this clown uh, working on it. Has this like light on his head? Like he has to be serious. Yes. <laughs> He's, serious and wear, work, boys. And wear the clown uh, getup. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty pretty cool art though overall though I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's, it's fun. J- Jerry Ordway did not come back for this one, but it still has it still stays pretty true to the likenesses of everybody and stays true to the style of the 89 comic. Did it have this indigenous woman of the Americas in the She's in the movie. She's in the movie. Oh, okay. I forgot. I'm pretty sure she's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's in that. Funny enough, Jerry Ordway from the from last week's in the 89 adaptation, he somebody tagged him on uh, Twitter and he liked uh, he liked our post promoting the episode. So oh, he awesome. knows that we covered it. I don't know if he saw it, but he at least We exist. We yes. We were noticed. Uh, we were so. no Senpai noticed us. Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, so another thing that I've pointed out before that you definitely get to see in the comic adaptation is that in the movie, Michael Keaton's Batman has the glider cape for the first time you see in live action before you would see it with, you know, Christian Bale and, uh, you know, Robert Pattinson. But, uh, when he lands, he lands pretty gracefully, you know, rolls out of it and then goes to the Batmobile. In the original script, though, uh... This was actually in the Sam Hamm draft and then in the Daniel Waters draft, but Batman crash lands the glider. Right. Now, this seems a little familiar, right? Because we know that Pattinson crash landed the glider, maybe in a more, in a different way because he hit the bridge, right? Uh, that was still brutal. Did. And yeah, it looked that more was... brutal than what they had intended in 92 for this. Yeah, that looked like he, he was going to be out for a few months. Yeah. <laughs> if not dead. Yeah, if not dead. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's interesting is that in like when we covered the script for the Batman 2022, Batman landed gracefully in the script. So it's a right. weird thing where Batman was supposed to crash land in 92. They decided against it, had him land gracefully in Batman Returns. And then 30 years later, in Batman, the Batman 2022, they're like, eh, we'll have him land gracefully in the script. But then in the movie, they had him, they had him crash. So... Interesting connection there. I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a budget. About the Batman Return script. It's like a budget item you change, right? Because you have to now add in a stunt. They call him a yeah. stunt, a stunny, <clears throat> I believe, a stunny. You have to add exactly. a stunt actor for that day. Yeah. And then uh, probably some VFX overlay on the stunt, too. Uh, for sure. So, yeah. yeah, that's like, it's interesting. I wonder how late it changed because it doesn't seem like a day of decision you know it's not not at all yeah and i mean it could have easily just been like he glides off he escapes and then cut to the next scene so it was like really important to matt reeves to have that moment i guess because it's year two he's still beginning he's also it's set up with the with the being afraid whenever he's starts out whenever he's just Mm -hmm. deployed just you know when he deploys it Mm-hmm. I remember that shot really well for some reason. That, that that scene did stick in with me. Yeah, when he's about to jump off and he sort mm-hmm. of hesitates a bit. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was kind of like, it was a, like a cool kind of unexpected feeling, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> just like in the movie, Penguin takes over the Batmobile and uh, re- you know wreaks havoc. Uh, and then Bruce Wayne ends up sort of turning the tables on him, uses the recording of the Penguin's uh, you know voice and plays it back when Penguin's doing the speech. All that's in the comic adaptation. And then he gets invited to Max Shrek's Masks, Max Scarade Ball. Uh, that's hard Max Scarade. Max Scarade Ball. <laughs> oh my there's God. a reason why they didn't say it out loud that much uh, in the movie. Yeah. But um, yeah. when Bruce shows interest in going, there's deleted dialogue that's in the comic where um, uh, Alfred asks, uh, 
who he's going as. And Bruce says, you'll never guess. Of course, he's going as Bruce Wayne. Uh, and... I'm going as Robin. Yes. <laughs> Even though Robin hasn't existed yet. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You'll get Notice it. Notice the turtleneck. In this, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, though he's in a white one. In this, he's not wearing that in the movie. But uh, creative license, I guess. Uh, you know, he's got a few turtlenecks. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I, I forgot to mention as we were skipping over it is uh, in the beginning, right, when he's in the Batmobile and he goes, he basically turns his Batmobile around, it, like goes up on some sort of like wheel thing. Well, not really a wheel thing, but you know what I mean, where it goes up, turns around so that he can light the fire breather on fire. Oh, yeah, that base thing to do. Yeah, a, the, yeah the base thing. A, a, a standing, you know, 180 or whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he does it for, it's 180 degrees there in the car chase where Penguin takes it over. I forgot to mention this. Um, the reason why they had that earlier moment was because Penguin was going to use that and make him just spin around <laughs> over and over and over again as the cops oh, were shooting at him. Yeah, yeah, okay. As we see here. So yeah, that's cool. maybe that turned out to be too expensive or anything, but that's why that's set up earlier with a fire breather so that Penguin can use that against them later. Gotcha. Okay. So kind of a cool moment. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we're about halfway through the slides. Usually this is where we would break in the main show, which we will in our edit. All right, everyone, we have November announcements. And, uh, since he was part of the episode we're recording, Tim Maxwell is here from Nuverse Creative. So, uh, Tim and I have a few collaborations that I want to tell you guys about, some of which you may have already heard. Uh, they, these were definitely, um, produced very quickly to the point where they were, I didn't have anything. Uh, in last month's announcements for these. So I'm making up for that this month. Uh, so we have three to talk about. One is Batman Forever, Night of the Reaper. Uh, and that is an adaptation of the Dennis O'Neill, Neil Adams story, but set in the world of Batman Forever, uh, which has been really cool. So uh, anything else to add on that, Tim? Yeah, I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan, or I, th I think the whole Val Kilmer Batman and even George Clooney, it's very very nostalgic for me and i think for a lot of people and so i think it's cool that we've written or you've written a story and put it in that world and we could just imagine uh, a little bit more of the the stories and what what could have happened you know with nice. documentary's batman yeah yeah definitely uh and you know maybe we'll we'll dive more into it in the future we'll see yeah we'll see uh this one is Batman 89, A Vow from the Grave, another adaptation of the 1970s story, but this time for Keaton's Batman. As you can see from the uh, thumbnail that Tim did, this is the blue and gray suit that you see in the vault in The Flash. And if you're a believer that uh, the Batman in The Flash is different from the Burton Batman, then you can use this as an explanation for the Iron Winch suit in the Kenner toys. So it's up to you on uh, on that, but uh, we... Uh, we, I, I did think it would be cool to have different audios that cover each of the suits. So the original first appearance suit we did with Case of the Chemical Syndicate. This one, Val from the Grave, uh, considering that that suit looks very much like the Neil Adams style Batman suit. So uh, anything else on this one? Yeah, I was going to say I, we had a, or I had a comment recently where I think someone made the request that we make a story or an audio drama or, or audio story for every or for each of the suits that Keaton has mm -hmm. um, in that vault, which I think would be pretty neat, which was actually something I remember when I was a kid and getting all the different action figures. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me that that those suits weren't in the movie. 
And I remember thinking, I don't remember seeing him in a yellow suit. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, like I love the toy, but I don't remember this from the movie. And so I think fast forward to now, it, it's cool that we can either come up with stories or use stories to put in that world that would validate or or give a reason for that suit. And so I think that's mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah, that, that is a good point, too. There's not just because like after after this one, those are the first two suits. And then obviously you got the 89 return suit and the one from the Flash. And then there's kind of just mm -hmm. two left that are in that vault. Uh, but then there's all the Kenner variations. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of possible stories here. Yeah, it's endless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one is set in the Dark Knight universe. This is the Dark Knight Fears. This is an adaptation of the Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale story from the Haunted Knight collection, where Christian Bale's Batman in this one is fighting, you know, he's in a rematch with Killian Murphy's Scarecrow set during the Halloween, you know, that happens after or in between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. So uh, really, really enjoyed working on, on this one as well. I mean, I, I liked working on all of these, but this was one where it was kind of fun to... I mean, it's my first one writing in that world, you know, because I've written a bunch of the Keaton ones that um, mm. uh, some of the, you know, the, the Nolan style is, is actually very fun to, to try to write or, or try to capture. Uh, and the way that uh, the, the different Bruce's talk, uh, I'll talk about this in the episode, um, it, it becomes a little bit more apparent when you have to do something like this, where each Batman is narrating each story. It's been really fun. Yeah, yeah, and, and huge props and thanks to you for writing these. Uh, I think they're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we'll uh, yeah we'll have a lot more to come. But those sure. are the three that will have been announced or will have been released by the time that uh, this episode comes out. All right, over to Andrew. Woo! All right, everybody, check check out uh, Gaming Gaiden. That's my other podcast. It's about video games. Uh, Gaiden is spelled G-A-I-D-E-N. Gaming Gaiden. We're on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening app. And uh, it's a lot of like retro gaming, 90s gaming, and uh, also uh, Japanese translation of video games and that whole world. So, uh, and also if you grew up reading Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine, there's stuff for you in there as well. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Gaming Guide, and check it out. Uh, probably best on YouTube, but it's good anywhere. Gotcha. And uh, moving on to the next one, Metal Force. So go to www.metalforce.ninja. That's the website for the project that I'm doing now. And it's basically R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. And it's, a, it's like a bloody horror movie that I'm working on. And we just finished our Kickstarter, but I'm announcing now that we're going to run a Seed and Spark crowdfunding mm. uh, page again because the Kickstarter was run during the strike and not many people could do it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So first month or two uh, in, um, in 2024, we'll run a Seed and Spark for people that couldn't make it then. And then we'll get to shooting after that. So, uh, yeah, please check out MetalForce.Ninja for all the details. Nice. And then, uh, finally, last but certainly not least, in fact, probably the most important, is our monthly charity uh, promotion. And uh, this is for uh, the month of November is the month of Thanksgiving. And it's known for uh, having plenty of food, but unfortunately not everybody in the world gets to experience that. So, uh 
for that, we uh, are promoting No Kid Hungry, which is uh, a way for you to donate and support the work in food banks, schools, and and other places where children can be provided with, with food and, and meals and and uh, not go hungry, as the as the title says. So go to nokidhungry.org, donate there. Again, these charity drives, we don't get anything out of them. We just randomly pick them because we think if you're a fan <laughs> of superheroes, you should also be a fan of uh, helping others. Yes, that's part of the whole vibe here. So yeah, that's awesome, Ben. I actually... Wasn't aware till we got. To, usually we discuss, but I, no problem. No problem. This is an awesome pick. I do love this. Perfect for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. so so yeah. Please go to no kid no kid And with that, those are the announcements. Thanks everyone. I'm tired of Earth. These people. I'm tired of being caught. In the tangle of their lives. Shrek's department store. Uh, this has been brought up before with people who sort of criticize the movie's plot holes because they bring up like Catwoman blows up Shrek's department store, but then later on in the movie, there's a party in the department store. So in this deleted scene, as shown in the comic, uh, it was going to be explained that they rebuilt it and the party was to celebrate rebuilding that so that kind of adds a little bit more context to that i forgot about that aspect of it yeah some people have brought that i always thought like it was just a different like it's a department store like there's more than one store in gotham for this guy to be as big of a (laughs) (laughs) mogul in gotham for it to be he'd have more than just one store right you know there's more than one right (laughs) yeah so i just figured it was a different location that's where that works for me yeah I think that might be just an easier explanation because yeah, I guess, I guess he could have cleaned it up in that amount of time, but I don't necessarily need that in depth of an explanation on that. No, I don't uh, either. Max has a little speech before the party that um, when Zach was on here, he did reenact for us by having Max say deck the halls and shake your booties. <laughs> He's wearing this like, God, like what, what is this? Like a, magical crystal ball dude swami kind of yeah it's kind of that look yeah vibe like uh a cult look from the 1920s in la or some shit <laughs> it does you know seem like an, a, like an old school serial villain type yeah of, uh, yeah like headgear type yeah, of yeah 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 <clears throat> so i don't know i'm thinking not really like thief of Baghdad. i don't know i'm trying to think of like what the movie would be it's some sort of like what 1920s America thought the Middle East was mm-hmm. kind of thing. This is our take on the turban. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, you know, yeah. Exotic. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know this movie was made in the made in early nineties, but still it's, it seems to be that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's evoking, you know, old school cinema, you know, yeah, a yeah. lot of people bring up the, all the silent movie connections. Max Shrek, of course, being the most obvious being the same name as the guy who played Nosferatu. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, during the party, we didn't get this in the movie, but Commissioner Gordon and Alfred were meant to be there. Uh, and they do comment on Bruce and Selena dancing, with Gordon calling them a darling couple and Alfred saying that they were made for each other. Though, while they're saying this, it's also when Bruce and Selena are fighting about whether or not she should kill Max Shrek in discovering that they're Batman and Catwoman. So it's kind of to contrast the, the conflict that's going on. Okay. 
Um, a little different moment, too, is that when Penguin arrives, uh, Selena is recovering from the explosion and tries to tell Bruce that they have to do something, but Bruce is already gone at that point. In the movie, it's the opposite. It's the other way around where we see Bruce recover and look around, but it's Selena who's disappeared. So, interesting choices. Um, and then when Penguin leaves with Max Shrek, he has... I, I love these Penguin guys with the missiles, but he has the Penguin missiles go off uh, it's so, <laughs> to sort of cover his tracks. Okay. Believe, so, okay. Uh, that's like his, his smoke cover kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Blammo! Uh, I love those. <laughs> I love I... this stuff, yeah. Gives a little bit of a demo too of the uh, you know the penguins what they're capable of with those missiles, right? They're not right, just for show. Right. Shit's funny as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, let's see, we do have more like more footage, at least in terms of the comic adaptation of the Red Triangle Circus Gang kidnapping the children. Um, in the movie, we just see them put them, you know, shove them into the train, uh, but here we actually see them abducting the children. Uh, in these panels, which was written into the script. <clears throat> um, now, this does they, lead me I, to... I, dude, I haven't seen this since we watched it together back in the yeah. day, yeah. Uh, a few years ago. They mm. don't kidnap children in the movie? They do, get... but they don't. we don't see them literally go into the house to grab them. Gotcha. We just see them shove them into the, a train outside. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, maybe yeah. this was considered to be too dark. Like, we can put them... We can shove them in a train, but... We can't have you lurking through the window and grabbing them out of their bed. Do you know if it was shot and just not put in or was never shot? I don't know because uh, Greg Cubbins, who was the acrobat thug on our um, on our he, show. He forgot every single thing about it. No, <laughs> no he, he's not like Robert Wool. He, he described he described only the scene that's already in the movie where he they put the, the kids oh, in okay. the train. Even though in the script it did say like acrobat thug goes into a room and takes a kid. So... Um, <clears throat> I'm based off of that. He at least didn't shoot anything, or maybe he forgot to, uh, like Robert Wool with the '89. <laughs> engine. But uh, it's, it's I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a thing where they just they didn't have the time. They're like, you know what? We get it. We know they've kidnapped the children because we've got the train. We don't need to see all this and set up like four or five different bedrooms Burton, just to set this up. Burton's like, we got a shot of them in the train, right? Uh yeah. All right, we're good. Let's go. Move, go on. Move forward. Move forward. Yeah. That, but no, you know what? It it might have been cut because it is a little heightened. You know, this is a movie that a lot of, a lot of kids are going to see, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe it was a little too much. But I don't know, dude. If I had my druthers, I kind of would want this scene in there. I think it's. I kind of like seeing it too. It's scary. It's it's a very scary scene. It adds to the menace for sure. Yeah, it adds to the menace for sure. I think it's, you know, it's it's definitely like amps it up a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> I, one other thing, too, is that some people have brought up like, hey, Batman's framed for a bunch of crimes. And sure, he turns the tables on Penguin. But at the end, the bat signal still lit up. How did he clear his name? So that's kind of a question that's brought up. But I think people forget that you have a whole bunch of kids, kids from all around Gotham who res- who were rescued by Batman. <laughs> Right. From the whole re- entire Red Triangle Circus gang. So I think that kind of fills in the blank that, you know, he, Penguin, was corrupt. And he probably sent some other evidence, too, to Commissioner Gordon on top of the fact that he rescued all these kids. Right, right, right. That's how I see it. Right. Uh, in the movie, there is a fat clown who questions the, you know, the killing and kidnapping of children. Where he's just like, isn't that a little, 
And Penguin says, no, it's a lot, and kills him. Uh, he has a different death in the comic adaptation. Here, uh, when the monkey when the monkey arrives with the message that uh, the children are not going to show up not from Batman. Did we do some sort of special <laughs> we did, yes. on this fucking monkey? I forgot about we did. that. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, <okay. laughs> this uh, shit was Penguin, great. Yeah, Penguin says, you're the messenger, but it doesn't make sense to shoot the messenger, so he shoots the clown instead of the monkey instead, which I'm sure, you know, animal rights activists would be happy with. But, yeah, this <laughs> the monkey's a little different in the comic adaptation because he has a little hat and uniform. He um, talks. But, yeah, he doesn't quite talk. But uh, he, He's he, not Beppo. I, he makes, yeah, he's, it's true. Um, but, yeah, we did do an April Fool's thing one weekend where we we tried to make it seem like we were going to do an episode on the Batman Returns monkey and all his his secret backstory. I still want to uh, I still want to do that. We should probably actually do that for real. It's probably like a sentence long. He lived for another year after the recording or something. <laughs> yeah. We could try it a way to just fill up a whole hour of bullshit and then at the end be like, "By the way, guys, we just made this up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reference this whenever we hinted at it before. Yeah. Uh one thing that Daniel Waters really wished was in the movie was this part where uh, the lights of Gotham City blink on and off with yeah. Catwoman killing Max Shrek uh, because it was the payoff of Max Shrek painting the picture to the mayor that, you know, imagine Gotham City low on juice, you know, with the lights blinking on and off. Right. So uh, including the bat signal at that point. So uh, mm. <clears throat> he wished it was still in the movie. And then I told him, well, it's in the comic book adaptation, and he was like, "Really?" And then so I sent him the the panels, and he was happy. <laughs> as soon as he put the last period on that script, I feel like he never looked and saw the movie a couple times. Is like never he looked at that. it again. Yeah, I'm just like, at 30 years, this comic adaptation's been up, and it took me <laughs> online to tell to tell him it was in the uh, in the thing, or realized some other way. He had to go right about the seashells and demolition, man, I guess. I guess I so. I don't yeah. know. Um, one major uh, difference in Batman Returns, uh, the comic adaptation, is that uh, it's pretty much shown that Selina dies uh, in it, kind of. You can see that there are two bodies here when Max, uh, you know, when Batman finds Max Shrek's body. Um, and at the end, we only see Selina's shadow. We do not see the final shot of her looking over, uh, you know, Gotham City with the bat signal. Because, right. like we've talked about before, that was, like, a last-minute addition. Warner Brothers wanted to, like, put that in at the end to set up the Catwoman spinoff, which didn't end up happening with Michelle Pfeiffer. And then uh, they built a whole animatronic just to do it, realized it didn't look good, and so they just they just hired a stand-in to do it, which you would think would have been the cheaper option from the beginning. But instead, they just had to learn the hard way. I don't know why you would... I mean, more power to the practical effects people that were on that, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, why not just get a stand-in? That's just crazy to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just they had to meet a certain quota with practical effects or something. They're just like, eh, we didn't give you enough, so here's this one more thing. But you would think there'd be enough effects in this movie. Her movement, too, was spot on. Like, mm -hmm. she moves like Michelle Pfeiffer does. Whoever... You know who was in that? Do you ever get any info on that? I don't, yeah. I Still a mystery. <clears throat> Let us know if you happen to know in the comments. Um, yeah, who that let's was. Interview, we'll interview her next. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
Uh, and the last thing is the deleted scene where the bat signal is on, and Gordon asks the mayor if he thinks Batman will ever forgive them, and the mayor says that Batman will always be there for them. Personally, I think they should have always they should have switched that and had the mayor ask Gordon because you'd think Gordon would know Batman better than the mayor. But right, oh well. Uh, so that's uh, pretty much it. There's other dialogue, other lines that are in here that I left out that uh, <clears throat> aren't nearly as big as what I covered here, but they will be in our five dollar tier of the Patreon episode uh, for the week that this gets released, which will be on uh, December 11th, I believe. Uh, so. Uh, that's uh, that's what we got for the comic adaptation. And that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for gathering the visuals on that. We have a few comments to go over before we wrap. Uh, Shamrock Balls is back. <laughs> I saw this today. Love you, Shamrock. Yeah. Uh, Shamrock Balls commented on the Batman 89 comic adaptation versus movie, saying, I love you guys. I watched Batman 89 again last night, one of my favorite movies. I finally purchased an original 89 poster last week and cannot wait for it to arrive. Back in the late 90s, I think it was around when Batman and Robin came out, Empire Magazine, a movie magazine in the UK. Also uh, advertised, here. Yeah, it's also here. Yeah. Advertised this comic book adaptation omnibus along with Returns, Forever, and Batman and Robin. So I sent away for it by cutting the order form out of the magazine and sending it away with a check. Those were the days. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I love that omnibus. I read 89 over and over again. Love the artwork and the tone of it, the detail. Returns wasn't as good. Forever was good, and I can't really remember Batman and Robin. I still <laughs> that, have that, that omnibus. That tells you how good it was. <laughs> uh, amazing edition and amazing comic. Thanks, Shamrock. Awesome. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Next comes from Mental Case 129 commenting on our uh, episode on who was the best Batman strategist uh, out of the live-action versions. Uh, Mental Case says, I think Kilmer's biggest demerit would be security. Maybe have a security system in the Batcave that does something other than turn all, on all the lights and draw attention to all his toys. This right. is a good point. Right. Uh, when Robin and Riddler come in, it says intruder alert, but then the Batmobile rises up and all the stuff rises up as opposed to go down. <laughs> so Bruce Wayne is Batman. Bruce Wayne is Batman. It's just a good, <laughs> yeah. Worst security ever. In <laughs> case has a good point here. We, we <laughs> overlooked this. Uh, maybe tell Alfred to make sure the pantry door is closed and locked behind him before ever walking into the Batcave. And I'm guessing he also left the keys in the Batmobile considering how easily Dick stole it. Whoops. Yes. Yeah, you're right, Mental Case. I guess <laughs> Kilmer, I think Kilmer was at a B, so maybe he goes down to a C for that. I'll take a look again. Maybe he'll have to. That's a big, that is a big demerit. You're right. Yeah, we'll have to look at that again. Yeah, thank you. Walter the Wobot. <clears throat> uh, Walter the Wobot is back saying, I'm once again wishing that PJ Ware's Batman prologue had come out. This is a comment on the Johnny Gobbs mini episode we put out. I want to add some context to what this is. What is Walter the Wobot talking about? So uh, Paul Wares is uh, a Batman fan who worked on a fan film meant to be a prequel to Batman 89 called Batman Prologue um, that would have had Batman confronting Joe Chill, who was supposed to be the other guy, the guy who grabs from Martha's pearls when Jack Napier shoots them um, in that. Mm. So that was going to be cool, and it was implied. Um, there was a clip that came out where, like, Paul had gotten a fantastic impressionist to do the voice of, of Jack Napier. Uh, he does Jack Nicholson's voice. And it's implied in this phone call that Grissom and, and Jack Napier know Johnny Gobbs and that Johnny Gobbs 
uh, was killed in, during a confrontation with Batman who was trying to figure out you know, more about the organization and more about Joe Chill. That's what I remember um, <clears throat> from that. So that's the context of it. I don't know whether or not Paul was going to go back. I think he, he implied on Twitter because I saw it that he was going to go back to, uh, to work on it, but I might be wrong on that. Um, but uh, I wanted to wait and see if there was more details before officially putting into you know, a Johnny Gobbs sort of thing. But uh, that's sort of my addition to that based off of what Walter the Wobot is talking about here. So hopefully that comes out. That's awesome. I did not yep. know about that stuff. So Patreon shout outs. <sighs> Patreon shout outs, everybody. Thank you here up, up on the board. Uh, as always, I want to thank uh, some of our more recent people, such as Put Your Guns On, Michael C., Leom O., and Cyber6, and other supporters as well. Thank you guys so much uh, for being a part of our podcast and the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, yeah. Uh, that is it. We've told you about our friends, and now we'd like you to do us a favor. We want you to tell all your friends about us. Indeed! (laughs) You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 